morning, everyone. Welcome to our regular podcast, A Corporate Beyond Stories. As always, with you is me, Kanya Haseyo, and Daniel Baruch. Hello, hello, hello. Yev Kolach. Dobrano, dobrano, dobrano. Good morning, everyone. Do we have any fun fact? Of course we do. <laughs> so I have here one about PTSD. I'm not sure if you everybody knows here. So PTSD is a traumatic disorder. Stress disorder. Yeah. Stress disorder. Yes, exactly. So we press so close. <laughs> <laughs> Do it perfect. Yeah. So some people can develop this post-traumatic stress disorder. And uh the thing is, so so far we thought that it's mostly the brain thing. But what was later discovered is that some markers already within our blood so it's not just brain thing where the ptsd has the impact but also on your blood itself so we can this could also lead to diagnosis of ptsd also through just you know blood samples you just take the blood and you are searching for the markers within it so this is a sort of a new discovery it is still wasn't like fully confirmed but it's a, it would be a new way how to diagnose uh this disorder which would be wow. interesting. Uh, I, I've read also about some positions um, that are... I wonder what book you were reading when uh, you're yeah, talking yeah. about positions. But that, that are more inclined to end up with PTSD versus burnout. So for example, if you are police, uh, within the police, the majority might end up with PTSD, but if you are a doctor, majority might end up with burnout. So mm -hmm. they, they were checking those two diseases with some specific positions or job roles and the inclinity towards those two. Um, is it a disease? Mental disorder? It's disorder, yeah. Yeah, disorder. So that, that and if you're a, also if you're a police horse... If you're a police horse, <laughs> can you PTSD end up with as well. PTSD as well? Because you're serving, you know, the policeman, so it could be a burnout. <laughs> I don't know. I, I am not the horse uh, person, nor do I understand the horses, so I don't know. <laughs> so if there is somebody who's taking care of horses, please let us know if horses can suffer of PTSD or, I believe so. uh, or burnout, if there is any chance, you know, at all. And if so, if there is any inclination. Leave us a comment. <laughs> Leave us a comment. It would be one of the strangest comments, I think, on podcast. But... Today's topic is... Drum rolls. Business cheese. Animals. <laughs> nah, no. Almost made it. Okay. Almost, almost there. Almost Corporate there. animals. Yeah. So business trips. Okay business trips and um usually usually it's your superior your manager might send you to a business trip hey you'll go there and there and you go why <laughs> but um have you ever actually requested a business trip that you think uh you need it it's needed or I is think it always just the manager that sent you? The thing which you mentioned never happened to me. 
it was always me who requested the business trip. It was never like manager coming to me like, and you're going for a business trip. Okay, so tell us happened. more, like how did you request it? What, how it even came to your mind? And then what were the steps that you did? Hey, manager, I want to go there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. That would not work. Come on. Based on well, what are you making? Now, that usually starts uh, the conversation. Mm-hmm. On one-on-one, usually you have a conversation with your manager and you, because it takes a long time for preparing, for submitting it and everything like that. Uh, so usually it starts like, okay, I feel that going there, being there face-to-face would help me. So I want to go for a business trip. Usually that's, that's how it started for me. It, I had it, not, uh, the business trips were not in my job role or job position as a mandatory or, you know, uh, prerequisite. So I was requesting it. I went to a manager and said to him like, okay, I think that it would be useful if you send me there uh, for face-to-face. So tell us your secret. What are, what are the things that managers like to hear when they allow you to send you on a business Oh, you're so trip. pretty <laughs> and you're in so much and you're so wise. Could you please? No, uh, they do like hear that. Everybody likes to hear that. that <laughs> I would go with what we were talking. I would go with what we were talking in a business justification episode. So you want to talk about the impact. Uh, you want to talk the reason why it's, uh, it's good for you, for the company, mostly for the company, for the department. If you can give there some tangible outcomes or bind it to something more tangible, like, okay, we are going to run this workshop for a client during this period of time. And it's better to do it face to face because of the quality and performance and blah, 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 that virtually that helps your case all this information if, if you can summarize their costs versus benefits or roi return of investment still good uh i congratulate you if you can do it um i wasn't able to do that so it's mostly about why those soft benefits mostly like okay so it's good it's helpful all that chat gpt nonsense <laughs> Let's use that girl for uh, ROI, right? <laughs> yeah. And then you put there, you're so wise, you know what's the best. <laughs> and bind it towards that so they, so you kind of compliment them as well and, you know, get them unhooked. Or even better, tell your manager, if they make, can make it, they can go with you, you know, so they have part of it. <laughs> and if you take your manager with you, he's also in, involved or... Okay. And if you take your manager with you, he or she is also involved and she will have, or he will have the interest to get it approved. So higher chances for you. And also a good thing when you have your manager with you is sometimes they pay everything. So that's even less trouble with reimbursement. Just sometimes. Just sometimes. Just sometimes. (laughs) Yes. Depends on the manager and company. So now we've heard uh, Kawhi's like how he always requested the business trip. Uh, in my case, I usually, I don't know, I'm just really, really thinking. When we went to the Romania, was it our idea or what it was? <laughs> okay, then I was also part of that when we requested our business trip. I thought that it was always that manager sent me, but now Kola just confirmed it was our idea. So we went, okay, okay, taking back. So. I think this was even mostly yours anyway, but <laughs> sure, it was ours. 
I don't mind taking <laughs> the credit. business trips, Kat. <laughs> See the age? I'm getting the age, it's just forgetting stuff. Oh my gosh. Oh, unbelievable. But that, that one was really good. I, I, I remember we did some trainings and we had fun. So that one was good. Uh, really the, 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 what pays off, like the benefit of the business trip, right? What pays off is if you can meet the person face to face at this stage right now, and I'm really good with virtual stuff, but nothing pays more than the face to face interaction really nothing and every time even like when i travel even on vacation if i go on vacation and i go to a destination where i might have my potential colleagues i use that opportunity to meet them and 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 we did with barush like we, we just went to korea we've met my two colleagues and um i explained them one of the programs i'm responsible for they're part of it and of course I brought presents to them, blah, blah. And the presents, when we talk about the presents, it's nothing extraordinary. Just bring some of your local chocolate, something that you know it's not visible in that country so they, they can really you know, enjoy it and, and, and taste a bit of your culture. And it worked actually even further that one of the colleagues, when she found out that that's a part of the networking. That's the benefit you get, just not to be super lonely in the country. She's now traveling to US and reach out to colleagues in US uh, as well. So really the, the, really the benefit is that uh, even think that you are in that country and you don't know how to order a taxi, that local person is capable to help you out. Might be you don't have the right apps or the apps are not working on your phone because you are from different country and and uh, uh your colleagues can help you out so these are all the benefits that uh it will bring uh, to you definitely worth this so we're talking about face-to-face -face and there are multiple studies multiple things uh which can confirm it and one of them is mehrabian study i'm not sure that you've heard the title but you definitely remember that how much communication is translated in words, how much is translated in nonverbal cues, and how much is actually the body posture and everything. But you probably heard the difference that about 7% is verbal, then there are some linguistical stuff, and then there are full the nonverbals. So when you take this, you know that you have all those online tools, but you're missing the nonverbals. So going there face to face is how you can ensure that you take much more data about a person and you see them behave not just in the work but also outside of the work usually wasn't this study already refuted it's not that it's refuted it's still holding it's just that a lot of people translated it wrongly usually people translated that when we are communicating this is how you do but people translate it as like a general communication guidance but when we are talking about words are not being important I can say like, <laughs> and you have no clue what I've said or what I meant by that. Although I asked, how are you doing with this beautiful uh, sunny day? So words are important. It's just that the way how Meherabian was studying it, it was about the first impression uh, and the communication in face-to-face. -face, so how that goes hand in hand. So when you're discussing that, he was not talking, for example, about emails, about texts, messages. 
because those behave kind of differently and words are still impactful. It's just that when it comes to face-to-face -face communication, when it comes to first impressions as well, this is how it's done. And it just confirms the relationship building, especially if, if you are part of a global team and having that possibility to meet in person and really use your whole body and everything uh, while communicating and trying to understand each other because we are really different and not to mention the cultures and everything helps you build that relationship, have that opportunity. And then once you get back to your country, the relationship is on another level with your colleagues, with those specifically those you were able to meet uh, face to face. So there's a relationship building and there is a different part of it, uh, which about using whole body and the full time there. It's about habits and understanding as, as you, get, you were mentioning, because as it goes, for example, for us here, it's our sort of habit tradition to go for a coffee together, maybe in the morning, maybe in the afternoon, depends how we are doing, how, how much time we have. But it is different from country to country, from company to company, from organization to organization, from culture to culture. And each culture has a different habits or rituals there. So by being face to face, by being there together, you see these rituals, how the person operates, how the person thinks and what is shaping the mind. It might be the interaction with their boss or with the local manager, with their local peers, how they are sitting next to each other, whether it's just a box or it's open space, or they are in a small quiet rooms, or they are working fully from home, uh, from home office, or they go for a coffee, they can't have a, they don't have a drinking water in, in the building, or you don't know, need to walk across five kilometers to get lunch. And that's why, you know, that's how you will later when you come back, schedule the meetings, for example. You know that if the person is taking too long to get lunch, you will not put something just directly after the lunch break because they need to get back and forth. And if you put it, they need to rush. And you don't want that. Why would you want that for your colleague? So things like that, seeing the rituals, the habits the person has, helps you to shape then your collaboration with them to adapt. And in general, I would say you find out about the local culture, not just the culture of the single person. And we will talk about it next time. On the next episode. Do we have any recommendations? For this habits, I would recommend the book Atomic Habits written by James Clear. It's a comprehensive guide which talks about how the habits are formed, how you can influence them, that there are four stages, and what are the rules about these four stages, how to make something eager for you to try, how this habit is built up, or how to actually impact these four stages so that you get uh, rid of a habit or you build it up, or what are the possibilities, how you can influence your rituals, your habits at yourself, with yourself. So that's a really nice book. I think that you can find a lot of videos, YouTube videos, YouTube tutorials uh, about it as well. It was the best of like five years ago, if I remember well. So try that out uh, and uh, use it wisely. Mm -hmm. With that said, Sugashasmida. Bye bye. Ciao, 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 ciao. Bye bye bye. This podcast represents our own opinions, experience, and our own ideas. We do not represent any official statement from our employers, and this is not their official channel representing the company.